It's going to be a great morning this morning. We are talking about friends. Because, you know, in the world we live in, with all the communication types we have, you think, wow, you know, all this communication, we must have so many friends. But if you just look at statistics, and I don't believe in all statistics, but these ones seem to ring true, that even with all the types of communication that we have, loneliness is still an epidemic. And loneliness causes all types of things. I don't know if you've ever been lonely. There are times in my life where I have been. But it, it can cause things you know, like depression, anxiety, sleepless nights. Well, today, we're going to talk about what can we do? What can we do to build great relationships? So I'm going to talk about one of my own great relationships because uh, my friend, her name is Caroline, like in two years ago, nearly two years ago to the day, we went on a holiday to New Zealand. I know, isn't that awesome? Like, well, I would have liked to go to holiday now, but can't do that. But anyway, I want to show you a couple of photos. I'm going to show you the first one. This was when we were in Bluff at the bottom of New Zealand. This is two years ago. There, there she is. Isn't she amazing? That sign there, that's all the places we decided we were going because she's one of my travel buddies. And then the next one, we managed to get up the Queensland Hill. Oh my gosh, isn't that a beautiful view? That's called the Basket of Dreams that we're sitting in. You can take that down. The Basket of Dreams. We sat in that basket two years ago and we thought, woohoo, come on, what God has got in store for us. Like, we've known each other for 28 years. Oh, well, probably a little bit longer than that, 29. Like, we met through a mutual friend. I met this friend at antenatal classes. That's how I know it's about that. My eldest son is 29 years old. So we've known each other for probably around 29 years. Woo! Our kids are the same age. She's got one more than I do. She's got girls. I've got boys. Well, don't worry. There was no matchy-matchy making when they were babies. But, but... We were, we're great friends, so we've travelled a lot together to lots of different places. We've done lots of things together. We're from the same culture. We were born in New Zealand, both Māori, brought up in the same kind of upbringing, background. We've got a lot of things in common. We've got common ground between us. We used to be in a haka boogie group. If you don't know what that is, does anyone... Who knows what a haka boogie group is? Oh, really? Come on, guys. Have you not watched the All Blacks? Like, really, you know, the, like, but there's actual... It's not just the haka people do, there's actually action songs. So we used to be in this group together. We've spent a lot of time together. So two years ago, we're on that holiday. Two months later, I get a call from her daughter telling me that Caroline is in hospital and she's got a cyst the size of a lime on her brain. And what happens then? It's like, what? No way. Anyway, they had to operate immediately, and when they did, we nearly lost her. It was like, all of a sudden, you know, two months earlier, we're in the basket of dreams, talking about all the great things that are going to happen in our lives, and now we're at this. Well, I don't know, when things go to cactus, uh, and, and there's just nothing, you know, doctors, and I, like, doctors are great, because I've got to tell you, God... He's placed people to be doctors. So, but we prayed because that operation was not successful. It didn't get out the whole thing because then we find out that that cyst is actually a stage four 
glioblastoma, brain tumour. And uh, the life expectancy was three to 12 months, unless you can get the whole thing out. So we started to pray, and we prayed, we, like one of his sisters heard of a, a doctor that can uh, actually operate and do that, would, that would go the extra mile to do that. So we had to pray that he would approve her case. And then we had to pray for the finances. But then he actually did the operation, and he got the whole thing out. Like, come on, give it up for God. He is so good. And like last Friday, we caught up in North Lakes. We used to do this. Every, I don't know, once a month, once every six weeks, we'd catch up together. She lives in Brisbane. I live here. It's like halfway North Lakes. Uh, and we'd meet there. We'd talk for about five or six hours and eat. Eat and, and talk. That's it. We'd go straight to the food court and just stay there the whole time. But we would walk around and have a coffee at somewhere else and then walk around and maybe have lunch somewhere else. But it's, it's such a a great friendship, and even though we don't see each other all the time, she's in my heart. You know, like, there's friendships like that that are in your heart. So today, you know, like, she's part of my support system. She's part of the thing that keeps me together. You know, there's scaffolding on the outside of a building that as you build it, the scaffolding is there. As you build it, and, and, and she's part of my support system that holds me up, that builds me up, that keeps me up, that helps me when I'm a little bit wobbly. How is your support system? We're going to look at your support system today. I want you to think about how can you have a stronger support system? How can you have scaffolding around you? How can you have people around you that will encourage you, that will lift you up? that will call you out to be all that you're meant to be in Jesus. So, wow. So, because our friendships, they actually determine the quality and direction of our lives. Who we hang with is who we become. And there's different types of friends. I like, you know, there's work friends, there's social friends, there's uh, family friends, close friends. Like, people come into our lives for sometimes a different reason, like a different season, for life, or sometimes God places them in our lives. So a reason, there could be a reason that people come to your life, like you might be doing a project at uni. They come into your life, you do the project together, they become friends. But once that project is over, so is that friendship. It's not like you had a falling out. It's not like you had a big argument. But the reason they were there is over. I did Taekwondo years ago, and I trained with a buddy to do my, my uh, grading, black belt grading, for a year. We trained together for a year. We saw each other at least maybe four to five times a week to train for that. We, we became great friends, we ate together, but at the end of that black belt, we got our black belt, we didn't have a falling out, we didn't argue, but we didn't catch up anymore because some friends are there for a reason. See, not everybody is meant to be in your life forever. There's all different sorts. You know, not everyone's supposed to be your BFF. Not everyone. So there's friends for a reason. And then there's friends for a season. Seasons change. Life changes. Sometimes you would notice when you have a child, all of a sudden you start hanging out with friends that have children, that have little babies. That's how what happened with Caroline and I. 
you know, I had a child, all the people like we used to hang out with our kids. That's what happens. Seasons change. When things change in your life, seasons change. It's not like you don't like your other friends anymore. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can think like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen now? Should I, am I actually leaving my friend? Like really? And if you're on the other side of that, release them. It's all good. You've got different seasons in your life as well. So there's seasons. Friends come for a season. And then there's a friends that come for life. And not everybody is in your life for life. Gosh, wouldn't that be, that'd be horrible, I reckon, if you had too many of those. Got, whoa, what would you do? Oh, my goodness, no. No, sometimes if you've got one or if you've got two, that's awesome. But a friend for life, a friend that, you know, believes in you fiercely. They believe in you. Like Joy and Toby, you guys, your friends, believe in each other fiercely. You know, like they believe in you fiercely. They're cheering you on with love with enthusiasm, no matter what is happening in your life. In Proverbs 18.24, it says, A man that has friends must himself be friendly. Good tip right there. Be friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So the best way to have a friend is to be one. E. Hubbard said, A true friend is the person who knows all about you and still likes you. <laughs> yeah, and that's my friend Caroline. She knows everything. She knows way more than you guys know about me. I mean, you know, look, right now I, I look not too bad, get it, got it a little bit together. But before, 28 years ago, oh my goodness, hello. So she's seen like the dark in me. She's seen me do stupidest things. She's seen me like bring my children up like really badly, like, you know, at times. Honestly, she's seen everything about me. She's seen that. But she loves me still. That's a true friend. And in the Bible, I, I want to talk about a friendship like that in the Bible. It's, it's about David and Jonathan. And one, it's in 1 Samuel 18 in the Bible. So David, I don't know if you've ever heard of David, David and Goliath, but David is mighty. He's a mighty warrior. He's a fighter. Woo! I like that about David. He's a, and it says that David is, was a man after God's heart. So David had just killed Goliath, this giant that was like over nine foot tall. Woo. Isn't it in life sometimes you see that there are things that seem so big, giants in our own lives, whether it's finances, whether it's sickness. It can be like a giant. But anyway, David pew, kills Goliath with a slingshot and one stone, right in the head. How cool is that? Amazing, amazing. So he does that, and then in 1 Samuel, uh, at the time, like, like David was actually, he was called and anointed already and called by God to be the king of Israel. But at that time, Saul was the king of Israel. So in 1 Samuel 18:1 it says, After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. It says in another version that their souls were knitted together. Knitted together. That's what knitted together looks like. Their souls were knitted together. I don't know whether you're into knitting, but anyway, like you, you, you want to knit tightly, not loosely. Other you get big holes in your 
garments and your jumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not wearing my jumper today. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have big holes in my jumper. But they were knitted together. Their souls were knitted together. So that's how they met. And it made no sense that David and Jonathan would actually be friends. They were generationally years apart. Jonathan was 27 years, around about 27 years younger, uh, sorry, older than David. Nearly, you know, 27, 28 years older than David. So it made no sense. Old enough to be his father, in fact. And, 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 but it wasn't an, a relationship based on the natural. It was a relationship based on the spiritual. Jonathan became one in spirit with David. David was talking to Saul, and when God revealed who, Dave, who um, was in David, Jonathan instantly came alive. So Jonathan was just listening to him speak to his father, and his spirit came alive, and immediately their spirits became one. Just like that. It's not like they went out for heaps of cuppers first. It's not like they caught up and had a games night and, you know, Barbies and stuff like that. It happened like that because God sometimes, he puts people in your life through his spirit, which is like amazing. It was so amazing, in fact. Like Jonathan, right in that moment, he took off his robe. He gave him his robe. He took off his bow and his belt. And he gave it to him, like Jonathan was renowned as a great archer in the Bible, but he gave it to him. He gave him uh, his sword. He was, you know, he was a warrior. Jonathan was, but he gave all those things immediately to David because he knew he was called to be in David's life. He wanted to honor him immediately. He, he did those things. You know, he didn't worry about, if you really think about it, back in the day, Saul was his father. David was in line to be the next king. But he knew that, I mean, not David, sorry, Jonathan was in line to be the next king. Saul was his dad. He was going to be the next king. Yet he sees David, he sees, he sees that God has anointed him to be king. He steps aside. He gives his sword. He gives his robe. He gives everything he has because he, he knows that God's called him to support him, to be his friend. He's his Jonathan. Come on now. Yeah. And, and so you will find that God puts people in your life and they're usually there for a purpose. They're usually there, you know, um, God knows when you need them and he, he knows what you need and he knows how do you are going to get there and he will send people specifically to help you get there. I'm sure you've already found that, some of you have found that now. So, like, but King Saul became so jealous. He became jealous of David. It's because they were singing this song. You see, sing, songs, man, boy, they can be powerful. Just like these songs, when we take that home with us, they give us faith, they give us hope. Well, they go back and they're singing this song, you know, Saul, he's killed thousands. David, he's killed tens of thousands. <laughs> so all of a sudden... Saul is jealous of him. Like, what? I'm going to kill this dude. So now, Jonathan's in a bit of a predicament. His father has gone nuts about killing David, but it's his friend. They are one in spirit. They are knitted closely together. What does he do? 
Actually, Jonathan, he risked his life to save David. He warned whenever his father was going, like, like, you know, he'd go, don't come now, dad's gone nuts. He wants to kill you. He's going to throw a spear at you, I'm sure. Woo! Like, also, so he would warn him, like, get out, get out, go away. So even at the risk of his relationship with his father, because their souls were knitted together, he warned David. And you know what? Sometimes you do take a risk for your friends. You t- it takes courage to stand up when your friend's being bullied. It takes courage to stand up when there's an injustice happening to your friend. But when you stand up and you, know, you stand up for them, honestly, you are their support system. When you have people in your life that stand up for you, they're your support system. So there are times in our life when you, know, you will take on a giant, an obstacle, a financial issue, a relational issue, an injustice, but God strategically places people alongside you, a support system to say to you, get up, keep going. God is with you. He is for you. In Proverbs 24, 26, it says, an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. So, you know, it's incredible like that. We can develop great relationships. The first point I've got is, by being there. Show up. Invest in people. You know, my friend uh, who I always met at North Lakes every month, well, couldn't do that anymore because she wasn't allowed to drive. That was the first time in 20 months that we'd been able to meet because she just got her license back. Because, you know, brain tumor, they wouldn't let her do it. She was about to get it pre-COVID and then they called off all the appointments. So it's been a long and hard slog for her to have no license. She's been driving all her life. But what that meant for me is, what do I say? Oh, well, can't meet at North Lakes. Too bad. No, it meant that I drove to Brisbane. That's all right. I drove, I picked her up, we'd go out for lunch, we'd go out to the movies or whatever. And I've got to tell you, there were times that we walked together that where she didn't feel like talking because when she first had the operation, well, it's in her, you know, it's her brain. It affected uh, like her a lot with her speech, about wanting to talk even. I used to give her a call and she'd talk for a minute and that was a long time. So I found that it was, you know, sometimes you've got to adjust things to where their need is. So I used to text her because that was actually easier. She could read it in her time and then she'd text me back. And sometimes it was a text back, a love heart. It doesn't matter. Honestly, you need to let your friends know that you're there. Be there for them, be there. So being there is, is uh, like in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. See, friends love their friends at all times. In the good times and in the bad times. When they're going through great stuff and when they're going through not so great stuff, friends love each other. They celebrate the good times and they share the not so good times. In Romans 12, 15, it says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Be excited to celebrate each other. You know, when great things happen, might be a new job or buy a house or had a new baby or whatever it is, be excited for your friends. Celebrate with them. Celebrate for them. Lift lift them up. But you know, great friends are there also when you're not winning, when you're a little bit off track. 
when maybe your kids are off track, when maybe you're not so popular. They don't care about your success or whether you're popular. They're, you know, they, don't, they don't need your popularity to be by your side. They're there through the highs and lows. When you lose a family member, one of the things that knitted Caroline and I together is when my grandfather died 27 years ago, I really had the roughest time. It was the first closest person to me that actually passed away. And I was in a little funk. I wasn't following God at that time, but I was just like, mm, not into this life thing. Yep, I was just like muddling through life. And I was like that for a few weeks. And she rang me and she came over and we made poise together. I don't know if you know what a poise is, you know. New Zealanders, like, they're like little white things on a string that you throw around. Awesome. We made, it didn't matter what it was. She came, we made poise together. She spent time with me. And it put something. It ignited a part in my heart. It gave me the desire, like, come on. It's time. It's time to move on. I've grieved. Now it's time to move on. That's what friends do. They do that. They are there for the good and they're not so good. You know, my second point is to have great friendships is to build trust. Build trust in your friends. Uh, and, and how you can build trust is like be reliable. Keep your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. That builds reliability in friendships. Being loyal, showing up when you need to, to move on. You know, like, like they show up when you need to move. They show up when you're sick. They show up in a time of need. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, If you love someone, you will be loyal to him, no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your ground in defending him. That is someone who loves you. Loyalty. So build it also on honesty. You know what? When someone asks you how you are, but when they're a good friend, I'm not saying this to you know, just people you just meet, telling them like, oh, my life is rubbish. No, no I'm talking about when it's, when it's a good friend. You know, be honest with them. You don't have to say, oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, all of my family relations are so awesome. And really they're not. My finances, oh, how, oh, they're great. And really, you can't even afford to eat. Like, honesty. You can be vulnerable with good friends. Do you know what? They don't know what to pray about for you unless you tell them. You know, when something is in, and sometimes it can be something terrible you've done. You can actually tell a good friend. In 1 John 1, 5 to 7, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out of truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. When we confess what, what we've done, when we can actually say, you know what, I did this, I'm feeling rubbish about it, I don't know what to do about it. When you can talk to a friend, it brings it in the light. And when you bring it in the light, God can heal it. When you bring it in the light, God's light shines on that area. When you bring it in the light, it turns it away from shame. Because do you know what? I heard this like recently. Shame, just like mold, grows in the dark. 
When you keep something in the dark, it grows. But when you let it out with a trusted friend, it brings it into the light and healing can come. The grace of God can come. The love of God can come and wash it away. That's why you bring things in the light. Your, your hurts, your deepest, worst things that you've done. That's why I guess, you know, that's knitted us together. I mean, I mean it. Caroline knows everything about me. There are some things that I would never repeat from here that I have done. But out of the shame, I hid them for so, so long. Out of the guilt, I hid them for so long. But, you know, when I actually fessed up, I guess, to her, I felt something happen on the inside of me. Find someone that you can confide in. Get those things out. Good friends are there for you to do that. They're like your support system. But, you know, I, I want to... Um, that was built, like being there and build trust. Third point, bring the best out in each other. Like... You know, Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Help people become who they can't become without you. You might think, oh, what could I do? Seriously, you're placed in their life to help them. You're placed in their life. You know, no one can be all that they are meant to be by themselves. No one. They challenge you lovingly. <laughs> they can give you feedback, you know? Yeah, I know, it's not, it's not great sometimes, but from a friend, when it comes in love, it's so much easier to take. And it's so much better to take that on. See, in Proverbs 27, 6, it said, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So let's, that's what we have friends for. So a bit like... Um, that person, they lift you up. They're there for you. And you want to bring out the potential in someone in your life. Speak to them according to who they have, who they, their possibilities, their potential. Not necessarily where they are right now. Speak to their potential. Be a friend. So, uh, you know, while we may not get to choose what we go through, we actually do get to choose who we go through it with. Choose your friends wisely, but make friends. Who's part of your support system? Who's a friend that encourages you and builds you up? Who is a friend that enlarges your perspective? Who is a friend that shares your burdens? That friend that shares the deepest concerns with you, and it's a reciprocal relationship. It's not all one way. It's not like you get to your friend and you just dump everything on that friend. No, you actually listen to them and lift them up and build them up in times. It's a reciprocal relationship, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. But I just think that every person, I'm praying, I'm going to pray for you very soon, but I want you to think, who is it? And this week, whether you have someone like that or not, I want you to take some action to make a friend, to make a friend like that. It might be a phone call. It might be, you know, catching some up with someone after this. Whatever it is, do something. Things don't happen by themselves. We take action. It might be inviting them over for lunch. It might be a, 
like having a game, it might be having a games night and having a few people around, whatever it is. This week, I want you to intentionally think, what can I do to enhance my support system? What can I do to even build my relationship with the friends I have, to go deeper? What can I do? You know, like maybe I need to see, you know, like look outside of myself and think, boy, they've really got a need. What is it that I can do this week, this week? And you know how often we say, and I've done it, I've been guilty of it myself, say, oh yeah, let's catch up soon. Guess what? Unless you actually make a time and an appointment, it does not happen. Catch up soon, what does that even mean? So just say like, let's catch up, let's make a time right now. I'm a lot better at doing that now. Because I, I don't, I, I think, well, I'm going to forget. If I've said catch up soon, I'm going to forget that I said that. And then life just keeps going. So make a time. So I want you to close your eyes. And if you're committing to this week to do something, make a call, invite someone over, speak into their lives, whatever it is. I want you to raise your hands right now where you are. And surrender like, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you see every hand raised. I thank you, Lord, that you love your people and that you've called them to good relationships. I thank you, Father, that you give us wisdom and discernment with who our friends are. But Lord, who can we this week that we can lift, that we can encourage? Who is it that there is a need How can we build even the relationship we have deeper? Father, I just pray right now, give us faces of people. Put people on our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray your blessing, your favour over friendships, over relationships, over marriages, over every type of relationship. I thank you, Lord, that you are for us, that you are with us that you continue to guide us. And Lord, that our friendships will help us and lead us on to all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Wow. Those three things in our lives, being there, building trust, bringing the best out in each other. We can all do that.